The Smiley Professionals Network presents its first podcast, The Smiley Connection. We'll speak with professionals from all walks of life and across all industries to bring you compelling stories about their career journeys. We'll laugh, we'll learn, and we'll connect. Who knows, you may find your next Smiley Connection on our show. Yale Madad and hello to everyone. It's Reem Merchant, your host. And on today's show, we have Sharmina Abji. Sharmina is an author, gender equality advocate, board member, TEDx speaker, and a former IBM VP. Driven by her desire to lift herself out of poverty, she left home at 15 to pursue higher education. Through many trials, tribulations and triumphs, she discovered strategies that transformed her career. She went from being the first in her family to graduate college to become one of the highest-ranking women of color at IBM. You recently released your book called Show Your Worth: Eight Intentional Strategies for Women to Emerge as Leaders at Work. What inspired you to write this book? So I have had three sources of inspiration. Rim the first source was I had a deep desire to pay forward. It's what we smileys call time and knowledge nazrana. In my 30 years of being in the technology industry, I learned a lot. I learned through trials, tribulations as well as triumphs and I went from very humble beginnings first person in my family to obtain a college degree and i rose up to become one of the highest ranking women of color at ibm and i wanted to share my knowledge with others to help accelerate their success so the first source is paying forward the second source is when i started mentoring and speaking to women i learned that they were still struggling with the same things that i had struggled with it didn't matter whether they are in north america or in brazil or in nairobi kenya or mumbai india the essence of our struggle remains the same the form can be different but the essence remains the same and these women like me were aspiring to career success but they didn't know how to they knew what to do but they didn't know how to do it so they became my second source of inspiration on how i was going to structure this book i want to share the specific how tos so they can actually implement the insights execute on the strategies that i have written about and rise up their career ladder the third one the more i got engaged with doing this kind of work i realized that there is a very big disparity between women and other underrepresented minorities at the bottom rung of the ladder and at the very first level we get left out and then this problem gets compounded so when you get to the very top level there are very very few women very few underrepresented minorities that are at the very top of the pyramid and so these three became the sources for my inspiration to write this book 
gender equality, racial equality has become my purpose. That's wonderful. In your book, you talk about creating unique value to become essential to your organization while also being intentional about growth. I'm curious, how did you discover these strategies? Yeah, that's a great question, Reem. The first strategy, the intentional growth and becoming essential to your organization. Reem, I came to the United States as a student. And upon graduation, I had a one-year practical training visa. And so most companies would not even consider interviewing me because I didn't have the right visa status. There was just one company in the Midwest that was a technology startup company that interviewed me and gave me a job. And while I was ecstatic when I first got my job, their offer of $27,000 a year was more money than my parents could make in 10 years. And so I thought for sure I was going to lift myself and my family out of poverty with this job. But then what happened is within a few weeks, I started realizing that no one in the company looked like me. No one in the company spoke like me. Everyone had more advanced degrees. Some of them went to Ivy League colleges. Many had master's degrees. Some had PhD degrees. And all of them were more experienced. I was just starting out. And they all came from better socioeconomic background. And they all spoke English better than I did. So I started undermining my own capabilities. I started wondering, what value will I be able to create? What would I know that they don't already know? But here's the thing. If I didn't figure out a way to contribute unique value, not just any value that anyone can contribute, but unique value, so they can't go and hire someone else to do the job that I was doing. That was the only way they were going to go through spending the resources that they were going to need to spend in order to get me my green card. And so while I was afraid to speak up and while I was questioning my ability to create value, there was this forcing function that I had to figure out how to create value. And Reem, I have done a TEDx talk on how I overcame my fear how I found my voice and how I created unique value. So what I teach my readers is that if you become intentional about creating value in all your interactions, you will create transformational value. And if you lean into your authenticity, you will create unique value. And so when you create unique transformational value, you become essential to the success of your organization. And now they need you more than you need them. And that's a great place to be. So I urge my readers to create, to intentionally create unique value. The other thing that I urge them to do is to intentionally grow their competence because the value you create today is based on your current capabilities. But what you want to do is you want to position yourself to create more value in the future. And the only way you do that is if you continue to build your competence so you can increase your sphere of impact, 
you can increase your sphere of influence and you can create even more value than you are doing today. And, you know, it's hard, but I ask my readers to truly step outside your comfort zone because that's where the real growth comes in. When you step outside your comfort zone, you learn competences that you don't have currently. So intentional growth combined with intentional value creation will make you essential to your organization today and in the future. Very true. You also write about the fact as you rose up your career, you learned about the importance of two things. How are you known and who knows you? Can you tell us more? Yes, I have a chapter for each. The first one, how you're known, is your personal brand. It is what people say about you when you're not in the room. When I became a first-line sales manager, I recognized just how important it is what people say about you when you're not in the room. All your career decisions, whether you're going to get promoted or not, whether how much stock options you're going to get, whether you're going to get a reward or not, whether you get a plum assignment or not, all these things are discussed. And I was the one discussing them with my peers. We are discussing our people when our people are not in the room. So that taught me that my leaders are discussing me when I am not in the room. What is it that I want them to say about me when I'm not in the room? So I became very intentional about how I wanted to be known. And I teach the readers that they must also intentionally create a personal brand. And I encourage them to create a leadership brand because what I want happening is I want you to accelerate your career success. I want you to emerge as leaders and I want someone to think of you as a leader. So when you are mentioned in a room, the attributes that are spoken about are ones the attributes of a leader. So how you're known is very much something you can influence in the way you leave your impressions behind, in the way you show up, because every impression you leave behind is forming your personal brand. And you can decide how you want to be known. Who do you want to become in addition to what you want to do? And then you make sure that you are leaving behind impressions that are aligned with the leadership brand that you have decided you want to be known for. And then the second thing, how people know you or who knows you, how people know you is your personal brand, but who knows you becomes very, very important because once again, you will not be in the room where your promotion is being discussed or anything else for that matter. And the higher up you rise in a corporation, it becomes critical that there is someone sitting around the table who will advocate on your behalf. These are what we call your sponsors. And when they advocate for you, they are actually putting their credibility on the line for you. And so you must earn that credibility. You must earn what they want to say about you, how they should advocate for you. And so I have an entire chapter on intentional relationships, 
how to build those relationships, what relationships to build. Because at a certain level, the competence becomes an equalizer. Everyone that is being considered for a role has the competence required to do the job. But then what separates the person who gets the job from those that don't is who is advocating for them, who is sponsoring them. And so who knows you becomes very, very critical, especially as you rise up the corporate ladder. It is almost impossible to get an executive level role without someone advocating for you. Because think about it you are now responsible for a very large piece of your company's business. They wanna make sure that whoever they put in that position has a very high chance of success. Now, granted that no one has done the role, we are still all competing for the role, but when someone at a higher level says that they trust you can get it done, very, very high chance that you will get the job. You talk about the importance of setting boundaries and saying no. You even teach women how to say no effectively. Why is learning how to say no so important in order to advance your career? Yeah, that's such a great question. You know, it's also a topic people talk about these days, which is burning out. When you say yes to everything, you dilute your attention and you get burnt out. And the worst part of that is then you can't show up as your best self to work. So you are not forming a great leadership brand. You are not creating value at your maximum capacity. It creates a downward spiral for you. So the more successful you become, the more no you will need to say, because more people and more things will be vying for your attention. And we only have 24 hours in a day. So we need to become very intentional about where we focus our attention. And our attention should be focused on our highest priorities in order for us to maximize our success. What that means is you have to say no to lesser priorities and you have to set boundaries. If you don't say no, you will not be able to do the best possible job where, wherever you are present. So in order to be fully present and give it your best attention, you must learn how to say no. Now, having said that, Reem, so many of us struggle with how to say no, because if you don't say no the right way, you could actually alienate people, which takes me back to the importance of relationships. These are the same people you will need to work with next week, next month, in two years. This could be the same people that are sitting around the room when you are being discussed for your promotion. So how you say no is very, very important. And that's why I teach the reader how to say no. Saying no effectively is a very important muscle that needs to be developed carefully. In your book, you have also termed the word power quotient. Can you explain what Power Quotient is and how it helped you achieve career success? Yeah, yeah, this is so important. You know, we all talk about IQ, our intelligence quotient, EQ, our emotional quotient. No one really talks about owning your power at all times. And I have coined 
this term called power quotient. Your power quotient is when you are owning and exercising your power at all times. And your power lies in the way you behave. Your power lies in your response to a situation. You see, what happens is we have these internal voices in our head that will sometimes sub they'll challenge our capabilities. They will underestimate our capabilities. And so they create an internal barrier to success. Now, we must know that whether the barrier is internal, like our own fear, or the barrier is external, like someone undermining you, microaggressions at work, negative stereotypes at work, whether it's internal barrier or external barrier, we get to pick our response. And we must pick a response that moves us closer to our success. And that is the power we own. If you react to your internal barrier that says you're not good enough, you've given your power away to that barrier. If you react to someone that challenges you, you have given your power away to that someone. But when someone challenges you and you stop because your reaction will be negative because you just received a negative stimulus, but you can stop, you can scan your mental chatter and you can pick an empowering response. Therein lies your power. Same way with the internal barriers. When you have this voice of fear in your head that says you can't do this, you can stop and Pick your response, just like you have your voice of fear, you have your voice of courage. So pick your response and feed your voice of courage. That's how powerful we are. Owning your power at all times is the cornerstone for you to implement all the strategies and for you to rise up in your career. What do you hope people will take away in reading this book? So the first thing I hope the reader will get is to know that they can opt into the leadership pipeline. If I can do this, so can you. Now, just wanting to become a leader doesn't really solve the entire equation. And that's why I am sharing eight intentional strategies that have not only worked for me, but that have worked for thousands of other people if you execute on these eight intentional strategies, you will accelerate your career success. You will rise into leadership roles. So my first thing I want you to take away is that you can rise on the leadership ladder. The second thing is, as you rise, take others with you. Gift this book to others who have potential. Help them also rise up the leadership ladder. And then my last and final thing is together we can truly, truly create gender equality and racial equality in leadership roles. We will be present in the rooms where big decisions are made. We should be present in the rooms where big decisions are made. And so when that happens, when people see leaders that look like us, that speak like us, that slowly but surely we will chip away at the negative stereotypes. We will chip away at the microaggressions and we will create an environment where each person will be able to bring their best selves 
and thrive and keep rising up the leadership ladder. As a woman in STEM in the Ismaili community, and generally across the board, you notice how the number of women in STEM is relatively less as compared to the number of men in the field. Addressing this, would you like to leave our female audience with some food for thought? Yes, 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 yes. Um, I grew up in STEM and yes, we are underrepresented. And when I first started my career, I used to undermine my own capabilities and underestimate my worth. So the first battle is in your head. You have to recognize your own capabilities because if you don't recognize your own capabilities, you cannot expect anyone else to. See, the world takes you at your own estimate. The story you tell about yourself determines the energy, the power with which you will walk into a meeting. So when you know your capabilities, when you understand the value that you are creating for your organization, you walk into a room with force. And that's when you create unique value. And when you start creating unique value, you create a brand of an individual that when they speak up, they are going to say something that creates value for the entire organization. So it doesn't matter whether you have a seat at the table or you're sitting at the back of the room or you are on a Zoom call. When you speak up, people will listen because they know it is in their best interest to listen to you. But you have to have the confidence that you are creating value for your organization. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Smiley Connection. If you'd like to connect with Shalmina Abji or learn more about any of the resources she mentioned, check out the show notes. And if you're enjoying the show so far, please give us a review and a five-star rating on the Apple or Google podcast apps. It takes less than five minutes to do that compared to the hours of work that goes into each podcast episode. So we'd be grateful for your time and support. We'd also love to hear your feedback. Reach out to us at ipnpodcast at ipnonline.net. This episode was produced by me and edited by the talented Kes Ali. Marketing for this episode was carried out by the stellar Amal Musa. A cover art is designed by the skilled Shakil Muhammad. Also, many thanks to Zoha Momin, the head of strategic initiatives at IPN. We hope you enjoyed it.